2: Always do follow, the
3: follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on
4: V If you are looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of City casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. They're now CityCast in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philly, Pittsburgh. And now even Washington D.C. Subscribe to your local citycast wherever you get your podcast. Dave Ross alongside Matt Yammis is his follow the money right here on Veasan. Twitter is always interesting. We were talking about the USFL and whether or not they have franchise quarterbacks. People are like, "Hey, Carson Wentz would be a franchise quarterback in the USFL." Harsh, harsh. He's probably going to get dealt from Indianapolis. I understand that. I don't know if he's a starting quarterback anymore in the NFL. Think he's out?
2: That's a good question. Uh, I don't know if he's going to start week one. Uh, He's going to get a chance with some team again as a starting quarterback. I don't know if it's going to happen this year. Hey, if Frank Reich uh, does not believe in you anymore, I'm not sure who will. And uh, one of the problems with Carson Wentz, too, is his uh, contract has uh, been a lot to take on for any team. At a a bargain price, I think Carson Wentz will get a shot with uh, another team again. A third team. But – I don't think he's going to be making the type of franchise quarterback money that he signed for in Philly. Those days seem to have uh, passed. I mean, I I would like to uh, believe that Carson Wentz is a better quarterback than he showed last year. But if if you can't do it in Frank Reich's offense and you continue to make poor decisions like Mm. he did down the stretch, that was a Colts team that should have been in the playoffs. It should have been a problem for teams in the AFC playoffs. I really believe they weren't there because Carson Wentz, Made some bad decisions and had some poor performances, specifically against the Titans, oh. the Raiders, and the Jaguars.
4: That Titans game is one that still stings the nostrils for yours truly. Wes Reynolds and I were doing the Green Zone on that day. Who had them money line just had a win, and somehow Carson wants that pick in overtime. Those will
2: sit with you, I'm sure. They. Well, you sat. don't like uh, when a guy throws into triple coverage? Nope, no.
4: not a big fan, Carson. <clears throat> Let's get to the uh, Wednesday night slate in college basketball and pick your brain a little bit, Matt, on some of these games here. We talked about Duke and Virginia. Duke laying five is the top ranked team on the board tonight at number seven. How about Providence at number 11? They're going to welcome in the Musketeers from Xavier. Providence has been one of the teams that I think a lot of people have been trying to fade, right? What do you make of of what Cooley and company have uh, up there at the Dunkin' Donuts Center? Is this a legit? Top-20 team in your estimation? i think
2: mean, it's a legit top-20 team, but to answer your question, I think the, the Friars are playing with fire lately, yeah. and uh, they've been lucky to escape a couple of these games. Uh, they just won 71-70 in overtime at Butler. They had to go to overtime against DePaul on their home floor. Uh, two games prior to that, they're 0-5 ATS in their last five at home. Al Durham has had a, a hernia issue. I think he's doubtful to play in this game. He missed the Butler game. That's a valuable guard for the Friars. And you're right, Uh, you know, you always look and try to predict uh, patterns for teams. And uh, with Providence, I think a lot of sharp bettors have been seeing that, hey, this is a team, maybe we're going to start to fade. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a revenge game for Xavier, too. The first time around, the Musketeers were favored, Uh, laying eight. They lost to Providence at home, 65-62. That was in late January. Uh, I tend to lean here to uh, Xavier. In fact, this is a play I made last night. I think the line is telling you something here. You talk about reading betting lines. I think the line's telling you that Xavier's probably the side. You were seeing one-and-a-half or two. I took Xavier plus two.
4: All right, so, yeah, if you can get it still, I saw some two-and-a-halves, but those are starting to disappear down to two, one-and-a-half here with Xavier on the road at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. Texas against TCU. TCU coming off a nice uh, second-half performance against West Virginia last time out. Now here come Texas Longhorns. I think they're still stinging a little bit from their loss to Texas Tech mm-hmm. last week. What do you make here of Texas now laying eight and a half at home?
2: You know, I can't lay eight and a half with the Longhorns. I saw nine on the board last night. Some spots too. I was tempted to take the nine with the uh, the Horn Frogs. Jamie Dixon's got this team playing pretty good defense at this point. And in the words of uh, Texas handicapper Paul Stone. Mm. The Longhorns are a disorganized mess on the offensive end of the floor right now, and he's right about that. I also think they're a little bit soft. They were whipped on the boards by the Red Raiders over the weekend and at home loss uh, in Austin, and uh, I don't think it's a very good spot. You can't just count on Chris Beard's team at this point to bounce back. They've shown uh, that they're unreliable. So uh, my lean here was I didn't play this last night, but I seriously thought about taking TCU plus nine.
4: All right, so let's see if Texas can bounce back. That's a big number they're going to have to cover against Jamie Dixon. Again, you mentioned a TCU right now, uh, pretty, for, for TCU standards, uh, really in good shape at this stage of the season. Let's get to number 14, Houston against Tulane. If you haven't watched a lot of Houston, they look uh, eerily familiar to last year's team, maybe not as good uh, this go-around here, but now they're going to go on the road against the Green Wave. What do you make of this matchup tonight between Houston and Tulane?
2: I don't make anything of it. I'm going to defer to uh, Harry B. on Twitter, at Big Easy Harry. He's the expert when it comes to the Tulane games. He's been uh, calling the winner the spread winner in uh, most of the Tulane games. And uh, he tweets a lot at us on the show, and uh, me specifically. And he's always got a good read on this Green Wave team. Uh, I would uh, tend to lean to the home dog in this spot. Mm. uh, But it's not a game I played. Uh, You know, Houston – that's another team we, we talked about. I thought before the Marcus Sasser injury was a serious Final Four threat. And the and Houston's done a really good job of bouncing back and overcoming that. They've had some uh, injury setbacks. But the Cougars, Kelvin Sampson's got a legit team. I don't think anymore it's a Final Four team. I've got Houston rated you know, outside the top 10, somewhere around 15. But still a pretty good Houston team.
4: It is. You know, I, I don't know that I've ever noticed this before. Of course, the green wave. We showed it here for the people watching. Beason, the mascot is a w- angry wave
2: with a. Uh, I love the mascot
4: with a cone, like a cheerleading cone. Right. You ever seen a wave do that? <laughs> Don't think that's possible. <laughs> Number three, Auburn is at home tonight against Ole Miss. Now, Bruce Pearl. Sometimes when they go on the road, it can be, leave a little bit to be desired. Now they're at home against the Rebels here. What do you make of Auburn? Third-ranked team in the country, once as high as number
2: one. Yeah, it should be an athletic mismatch. I think Auburn should probably win this game going away, but I I don't like to lay this type of number and typically don't bet big favorites, especially double-digit favorites. The first time these teams played, the Rebels actually had a 38-24 lead. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were blown out the rest of the way uh, by Auburn. I think uh, this could be a, a blowout. In favor of the uh, the Tigers. It's, it would be favor or pass. I passed on this one. See, seems like a, a, a big number for a big reason. So,
4: we'll see if Auburn can get that easy win, we believe, tonight. Uh, we mentioned Kentucky. They're going to be hosting uh, LSU tonight. I did want to get to, and again, about six and a half is what we're seeing on that number. Auburn, by the way, has got to lay 16 against Ole Miss. Right. Wisconsin now going on the road against down Minnesota. I wonder if there's danger lurking here for Wisconsin after, I mean, a handshake line, and we got just people have been talking about this on social media for three days. Probably. Bucky Badger, now they got to go on the road. They're going to have to lay five, only a dead number there of five. What do you make of the Golden Gophers tonight? Could this be maybe an upset special?
2: Mm, yeah, it could be. I don't think I'm going to bet on it. Uh, I have not really had good luck betting on this uh, Minnesota team, but you would think the Golden Gophers should be live underdogs in this spot. Uh, one thing you have to be concerned about if you're Wisconsin is Johnny Davis is on the cover of Point Spread Weekly. Oh, so, no. And it comes out today. So Wisconsin's star guard is on the cover, and we know the Point Spread Weekly jinx goes back to the start of the NBA season when, jinx the, is when LeBron and Russell Westbrook appeared on the cover. Uh, The jinx is a real thing. What else do you need to know? Matthew Stafford. I said, I bet the Bengals. I bet the Bengals plus four and a half in the Super Bowl. So I said, put Stafford on the cover so we know the Rams don't cover. And And he got the two picks. And they didn't cover. They didn't Uh, cover. That's right. They won the game, but they didn't cover. So I think the Badgers have to be concerned about that. Seriously, uh, there have been some distractions this week. My goodness. With uh, the Badgers in uh, the aftermath of the basketball with uh, Juwan Howard and the Wolverines, I, I think the great guards team will get focused uh, back on the road and probably win this game. I just don't feel good laying the five here. This is probably a game that uh, Wisconsin's going to squeak out a win. This hey, let's this game means a lot. It's a high-stakes game for the Badgers. They really can't afford a misstep down the stretch. They're going to have to play at Minnesota. They're going to play at Rutgers. they got a home game against Purdue. If uh, if anything, they could avoid, or they could probably afford one loss down the stretch and probably tie for the Big Ten regular season title, but no more than one. And uh, so you can't definitely, with uh, Rutgers and Purdue up on the schedule after this, you can't afford to lose that Minnesota. I don't think the Badgers will lose this one.
4: Right, my, my only concern would be these are kids, right? And it's going to be on Greg Gard and that coaching staff to turn the page from the Michigan ending. Because people have forgotten what a great second half they put in against the Wolverines.
2: Yeah, I had Wisconsin in that game. I laid two and a half uh, with the Badgers. And early in the second half, I thought it might be on the wrong side. Michigan had a 38-33 lead. Mm -hmm. Seemed to be taking control of the game. And then the Badgers blew them out the rest of the way. And I think that's part of uh, Juwan Howard's frustration, obviously, at the end of that game. Because the arrows seemed to be pointing up for Michigan. Wolverines are playing a lot better. They're off a big win at Iowa City and uh, that loss in Madison was a tough one uh, for, for Michigan. I, You know, the Badgers have played well on the road in they the have. Big Ten, so I'm, I'm somewhat confident they're going to win this game, but not to the point where I'm going to lay five points. Let's put it that way. I right, Very quickly, uh, is there any blame
4: for Wisconsin with what happened with Michigan? Of
2: course. I think there's blame for Greg Gard. There's blame for Krabenhoff jumping in there and, you know, mouthing off and – of course, it's not all on Jawan Howard, but the Wisconsin coach has played a role in uh, in kind of uh, instigating that thing, or at least escalating oh, it, escalating. I could see what well, Whoa. you know, guard didn't have to jump in front of Jawan Howard. Well, there. no, but
4: coaches do that all the time where they want to get a word. And that they, like so, I, I think a lot of people are making a big deal about guard putting his hands on Jawan first. Jawan clearly didn't like that, so maybe you think, should think about who you're putting your hands on. But it's it just, boy, this has been a story that's been going on and on and on. And I don't think it's over. I hope they match up in the Big Ten uh, tournament because I'll be playing the under. Come on back. Much more to get to right here on Visa, the Sports Betting Now.
1: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. feels just right. Don’t miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 pm Eastern, only on iheart Radio’s YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025QX80 coming this summer.
0: Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the capital region turn to for nonstop action all winter long.
2: v the sports betting network.
4: Recently, we've been talking a lot about our friends at Winners and Winers and their top experts who've been giving out their top picks to our audience absolutely free. Well, some of you may have been sitting on the sidelines, but today is the day to jump on in. David Hess is currently on a 5-0 run and had this to say about tonight's matchups. I've been beating Vegas on the college basketball totals, and tonight my best bet so far I invite all of our VEASAN viewers to join me in cashing in tomorrow. He's giving out that play to our listeners. Absolutely free. Zero obligation. Just text VEASAN to area code 320-350-3500. 3, uh, That's VEASAN to 320-350-3500. Dave Ross alongside Matt humans This is Follow the Money. And, Matt, we've been talking a lot about the NFL because, obviously, people like to play those futures markets. We'll figure out which uh, quarterback will be where when the quarterback carousel comes to an end. But one interesting note that we did see just from a, a viewership perspective for the league is that we know that the NFL is king. And when they take over a day, most people will sit on that couch and watch. Remember, it used to be uh, on Thanksgiving weekend on the, sun, on the Sunday night, there'd be one game uh-huh. that turned into what? Three games on Thursday on the NFL has taken over that day as well. They're talking about Black Friday normally the biggest shopping day of the year, right? And I think of the Egg Bowl, that comes on traditionally on that Friday after Thanksgiving. So the NFL is now saying that they are considering it. And when I look at that, do you think that would make an impact if we go, all right, this is too much. We can handle the Thursdays. We can handle the occasional Saturday. Of course, you already have Sunday and Monday. Now you're going to take Friday too?
2: Is that a serious question? No, huh? not really. Okay. I didn't think so. Of course not. No, the NFL can put games any day of the week at once, and people are going to watch. And uh, any guy who's a football fan or football better is not out shopping. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're not, you're just not going to beat the lines and get out there. You're going to watch NFL football if it's on. <laughs> I'm kind of with you. I don't, on that. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> any guys who go shopping on Black Friday. I've uh, I, I think it's interesting that. How Christmas Day falls on a Sunday this year, so the NFL is planning to adjust its schedule right. uh, that weekend because that's going to be a big deal when it when it gets there. I mean, it's obviously uh, 11 months away, but it uh, looks like, according to a report in the Sports Business Journal, NFL is going to move all of its Sunday afternoon games to Christmas Eve, and that's Saturday night, and I actually like that. I think that's cool. It, that's it, usually the Hawaii Bowl. That's right. And uh, the Hawaii Bowl got canceled <laughs> uh, last year and ruined my Christmas Eve. Now we're going to have a full NFL schedule on Christmas Eve, which is great. And we saw the the numbers,
4: and again, Wes Reynolds and I were, were on the air on that Christmas day for that Browns and Packers game. The numbers were through the roof. To your point, Matt, the numbers are going to be through the roof for the NFL, period. Uh-huh. So if they take over Black Friday, uh, the day after Thanksgiving, that would be interesting to see. Uh, considering that the Browns and Packers was the ninth most watched program in all of television in 2021. Was, it's likely that they're going to get them back. I was at a bar you know, watching yeah. it. Yeah. You, like we remember the game, like it was like yeah. a playoff
2: game, right? Yeah.
4: Browns have full control of that thing. They're going to come down and somehow. Baker
2: Mayfield turnover. <laughs> that still uh, there, stinks. There's still going to be Sunday night football in prime time on Christmas night, too, which is a bonus.
4: Yeah. yeah. So NFL fans get ready. They're going to take over all of Thanksgiving weekend. And they're going to take over all of Christmas. It's and fine no, with me. Yeah, not going to complain about it. Uh, we talked about last week. Some I was numbers. fine with the
2: expansion to the eighteen weeks schedule too.
4: Weren't you? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. It's just like you understand. There's to me, there was no reason to move it other than more games. That's all. It's just more revenue. The league is maximizing, isn't it? that's what they should do? If you're a business, and let's that's, that's what the NFL is. It's a business. They're going to maximize profits. It's more gambling for us, more things for us to talk about, certainly here at VEASAN, but that's the only reason for these changes. It's like in college football. Like, if you're talking about what's the best product versus what makes the most money, those are two different conversations. I don't think they need to expand the playoffs, and they're not going to expand the, the college football playoffs till at least 2025. They voted on that because it's not broke. We're getting the best team every year, but for us – If you want more games and more numbers and more lines, by all means, go ahead. So it's not something that needs to be done,
2: but you understand why these things are being done. And I like to bet the NFL preseason. I always have. Uh, You know, I like the way it was laid out over four weeks, but I also think it's fine if uh, you shorten the preseason and extend the regular season. That's good. More games, more meaningful games are better for bettors and bookmakers. It's it's great for business. Uh, So I'm fine with the NFL – Expanding the schedule, playing games any night of the week. Uh, Typically, the Thursday night matchups have not been that good. No. Uh, But, you know, over the holidays, play any day you want. And play the under in the Hall of
4: Fame game. That's something I've learned throughout the year so far. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk a little bit about uh, some things we we noted on last week's show, and that was the odds for certain teams who the quarterback's going to be week number one. Sure. Right? And, boy, you could get a pretty number, Jameis Winston, plus money, plus over $5 a week ago. Thank you. Because now Jeremy Fowler of ESPN reports, quote, many around the league expect, unquote, that the Saints will bring back famous Jameis to begin 2022. Remember, he is currently not under contract. So he could go wherever he wants. The interesting thing is, if you wanted to take the no on that wager, my question to you would be, where else would he be? If Jameis Winston wants to be a starter
2: in the NFL still, and if it's not in New Orleans, Pittsburgh Pittsburgh would probably be the other spot. I mean, there's going to be a couple other spots because he's a veteran quarterback with a live arm. And uh, he can stretch defense. I, I think there's going to be some teams interested in Jameis Winston. But he knows the same system. If, if you're thinking about uh, the management in New Orleans... That's probably the guy that gives you the best chance to win in twenty twenty two. It's not going to be Taysom Hill at quarterback, so no. I think it makes sense to try to make a deal to bring back Jameis Winston. Yeah, if he can still find that prop, uh, and uh, you said last week it was plus five dollars. I think it's five twenty 520, plus five twenty five. I would grab that. I would think there's at least a fifty percent chance, if not better than that, the Winston is the Saints' quarterback, and if that's the case. Any any sort of plus money, if you believe that, any sort of plus money is a pretty good bet. Now, also you have to consider taking the snap in week one. Is he going to be healthy to play in week one? You would think that he is. I would I would think he's on a timetable where he's going to be ready to play by August. The only thing that I could just imagine,
4: right? They re-signed Jameis Winston. You're going to win that that prop. You're sitting pretty. And then week one, remember, it's to take the first snap of the regular season, and he's under center. And then what does Dennis Allen do? Runs Taysom Hill in, and they switch and do a gadget play to start. That would be the worst beat of
2: all time. I don't think Dennis Allen's going to have the same fascination with Taysom Hill that Sean Payton had. So I wouldn't <laughs> probably, be that Probably a safe bet. I think be injury done. would be more concerned, too, when you're, you're talking about those guys taking the first snap. I, I do think Jeremy Fowler of ESPN reported that Marcus Mariota, quote, makes a lot of sense for the 49ers. And I tend to agree with that. Uh, Mariota's a guy who's going to get a crack as a starting quarterback again. And I'm pretty certain that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco don't believe they're ready to win big or get Mm. to the Super Bowl with Trey Lance. What do you think?
4: That's interesting because they they really did mortgage a lot of capital
2: to move up to get
4: Trey Lance. So if you, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, the mindset there, the mentality in that front office is, "Uh uh-oh, we got this one wrong. I would applaud them if they if they actually believe that. And I look, I don't I don't think we've made that final determination yet in Trey Lance. I don't think
2: they're gonna admit they're wrong right. yet. They would probably say hey, he he needs one more year Correct. as a backup.
4: They they really gotta figure it out. But to your point about Marcus Mariota, if you remember in Tennessee, he was the guy when Ryan Tannehill was the scrap heap quarterback coming over from Miami, right? And then Mariota goes down and never gets the job back. He gets hurt, and the rest is history with Tannehill. Now they might even move on from Tanney. At this point, but that is the way that Mariota possibly could become a starting quarterback in this week. It's not going to be he goes to a new team. and He's the day one starter. He's going to have to have a scenario kind of like what happened to him in Tennessee. You mentioned the Steelers possibly with Jameis Winston. Uh, Kevin Colbert gave Mason Rudolph a vote of confidence on the way out. Quote, he's 5-4-1 and as a starter, says Colbert, who, by the way, is stepping aside as the GM after the draft. <laughs> We're excited to see what's next for Mason. Who's the we? You're not even there anymore. You're gone. So if you want to take that prop, that Mason Rudolph will be the guy under center week one, good luck. Because I don't know if they're going to draft another young guy. And we had Brian McFadden on the show last week as well. And, and Max said, or over the weekend, rather, with Wes and I, and he said, why do you want to bring in another a rookie with all these young guys? Mason Rudolph's still a young guy. Dwayne Haskins is still a young guy. You Kind of uh, need a veteran there, right? You, you don't, don't think, think, they'd you go don't the think Kenny
2: Pickett from Pitt makes sense? Well, geography-wise, he does. But then you just got three young guys in the quarterback room. Yeah, the Steelers really need to focus, I think, in the first couple rounds. you are going to try to build that offensive line and things like that. But I'm not excited about Mason Rudolph. If I'm a Steelers fan, I wouldn't mm. be too excited about Rudolph as your franchise quarterback or Dwayne Haskins. I, I think that's a little bit of a dilemma in Pittsburgh, which way you go at quarterback. Um, the Carolina Panthers are going to have a big – question to answer. Matt Rule's got to win Boy. in 2022, or he's going to be out of a job. Now, he's going to be okay, because he'll pocket millions of dollars in a buyout and uh, be out of work. But the Panthers need to win right away. Where's Deshaun Watson going to fit, if anywhere? I don't think questions. Carolina would make sense for Deshaun Watson if he if he can play. The Packers,
4: by the way, 14-1 to win the Super Bowl. I'm going to talk with Dan Needles next about all things Green Bay and whether or not a A-A Aaron. Will actually be there. Come on back at this VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Follow the money on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: First Bet wants you to get in on all the horse racing action. Sign up today with the promo code VEGAS1000 and receive $10 instantly and up to a $1,000 bonus. Visit vison.com slash horses for all the details. Use the bonus code VEGAS1000. Dave Ross, Matt Humans, follow the money right here on VEASAN. And boy, if you are in Milwaukee these days, you've got a lot to talk about in the last couple days. No better person to speak with than Dan Needles. He is, of course, the sports director at WISN ABC 12 in Milwaukee. Dan, welcome to the program. I don't know where to begin with everything that you've had to cover here in the last couple of days. But let's start right there with Aaron Rodgers because he goes on Pat McAfee's show. And it feels like every week, I'm sure, Dan, you guys get more information than maybe you even want from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, What has it been like in this offseason so far after that loss to San Francisco and really kind of the tone and tenor from the Milwaukee fan base, I'm assuming they still want Aaron Rodgers to come back next year.
3: Well, I think right after the playoff loss of the 49ers, there was a very uh, large portion of the fan base that was just like, you know, enough. It, it, there was, it, there was so much Rodgers fatigue from this year, whether it was, you know, the, are you immunized or, or vaccinated? Um, do you are you really going to show us your your toe during a Zoom? Uh, it, it just so so much strangeness, um, and then you put up with that when he's playing well. And and my goodness, he's a two time. Back-to-back MVP, played great. But when you play like that in the playoffs, people are like, "All right, if you're really going to retire, move on." I think after a couple of weeks, I think most of those people realized, "Yeah, I don't know if we're ever going to get a quarterback quite as talented as Aaron Rodgers, so please come back." So everybody assumed that you know he had said um, he was going to announce his decision on the Pat McAfee show. So when they heard he was going to be on that show yesterday, everybody assumed he was going to announce his decision. And he starts it by saying, I don't have a decision today. <laughs> and all, all it's doing is bringing back flashbacks of Brett Favre from about 2004, 2005, every, every offseason. It was, is he going to retire? Is he not going to retire? What's it going to do to make him come back? And there's a real fatigue with that.
2: Kind of like the not-so-young and the restless. <laughs> uh, so what would what would you bet on here, Dan? Uh, would you bet on Rodgers and Devontae Adams both being back, one or the other? Uh, because Devontae Adams' status is going to play a big role, I think, in Aaron Rodgers' decision, right?
3: Absolutely. I think they're tied to the hip on this. But one problem for the Packers, they're 40-some million dollars over the salary cap. So they have to do a lot of work in a very short amount of time, whether it's cutting players, whether it's reworking deals, but they have to get under the cap before they could put the franchise tag on Devonte Adams. Now, which one do they take care of first Adams or Rogers? Um, they're kind of waiting on Rogers before they make the move on Adams. And, You know, there, there were a lot of people that were thinking, Hey, maybe they could just trade both of them and get like four first round draft picks and some players from somebody like Denver. I don't think that's as realistic. Adams wants to be the highest paid receiver in the NFL. And DeAndre Hopkins really set the bar high when he got paid by the Cardinals and the Packers, according to the Milwaukee journal Sentinel have not had any discussions with Adams since the end of the season, which makes you think they will put the tag on Adams. They don't use the franchise tag very often. They haven't used it for 10 years. And Rogers has kind of insinuated that if you put the tag on Adams, then that changes things. I don't really want that to happen. So I, I, I have no idea how they're going to make this work, but the, the guy who does the contracts for the Packers, Russ ball man, he is under some serious pressure right
4: now. Talking with the sports director at ABC 12 in Milwaukee, Dan Needles. And Dan, to that end, the Packers 14-1 to win the Super Bowl, minus 165 to win the division. The rest of the division looks like it's in flux here. Let's just go down this rabbit hole. Let's say Aaron Rodgers is gone, Denver or elsewhere. Then you look at Jordan Love. What did Brian Gutekunst, Mark Murphy, uh, LaFleur, do they have confidence that if Rodgers goes – They can go to plan B, and is he going to be plan B for the long term?
3: You know, they have continued to not flinch, I guess I would say, about Jordan Love, but he's only played meaningful action in two games. He is rookie year. There's no preseason games that he got to play in. They all got wiped out. So his development has been – uh, held back a little bit, but last off season Rogers didn't take part in anything, so Love got more reps than he ever would have before. So you assumed maybe he'd be ready. They go into Kansas City, they almost win the game with Jordan Love at quarterback. His only other action was the final game against Detroit, and they ended up losing. He didn't play that great in the second half. So it, it seems to me impossible to know if he's ready or not. Um, when Rodgers finally took over for Brett Favre, it was after sitting for three years. Love has sat for two. And Rodgers, during his first two years in Green Bay, was horrible. He They had to really remake him as a quarterback. I don't think they've had to do as much of a rework with Jordan Love. I think the biggest problem with him is decision-making. And to be honest, we're, we're a little spoiled here by <laughs> Rodgers, who never throws interceptions. Jordan Love is going to throw some picks but he seems to have some talent, you know, how much is, is he going to be a, a good NFL starting quarterback? Is he going to be a, another hall of famer three in a row? I doubt that. Um, but you know, when, when Rogers took over, the Packers really hedged their bets that same year that far left, the Packers drafted two quarterbacks, including Brian Brom in the second round. <laughs> And he ended up being one of the, you know, a total washout. But they hedged their bets. And if Rodgers would retire, I'm pretty sure the backers would draft someone. If Rodgers were traded, I feel like a quarterback would be involved or a pick for a quarterback will be involved in that. And then they would have some competition for love.
2: <clears throat> it's going to be interesting because, Aaron Rodgers, after that week one loss to the Saints when he threw two picks, had 37 TD passes and two interceptions the rest of the season. And Dan, you probably get the sense that the Packers feel like they should try to give this one more run, right? This is as close as they're going to get to the Super Bowl with a talent like Rodgers, a quarterback, and you got to try to make this work for one more year. If it doesn't work next year, then you let him go to Denver. I mean, is that a fair assessment? I
3: think so. The, the problem with If you wait one more year, then he becomes an unrestricted free agent. I mean, right now, they could get at least two first-round picks and maybe a player or two for Rodgers. And it seems kind of unfathomable that you could trade a guy who just won two MVPs. (laughs) I don't know if that's ever happened in any sport. But it would be the smart business decision. They've already said they're not going to do it. And they're trying to convince him to sign like a three year contract extension. You know, I, I think the one thing that, uh, the one sign that, that Rodgers, I believe, would not retire is because Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger did. And I don't, you know, who knows if Brady's going to stay retired. But if he does, five years from now in Canton, Ohio, you've got Brady and Roethlisberger. Do you think Rogers wants to be? Sharing the same stage, he wants his own stage going into the Hall
2: of Fame. Uh, point. have you ever been tempted to uh, go to India for a (laughs) 12-day cleanse?
3: I saw what all that partakes. Never in a million
2: years.
3: (laughs) Sometimes, I got to say, Aaron Rodgers reads about something, and he'll throw something out there. I'm not saying that he didn't partake in it. Oh, but it wouldn't—it wouldn't shock me one bit if he read about something like that and threw it out there, and and we were all gullible. I mean, during that that thing yesterday, even Pat McAfee said stopped at some point, and he said, "I'm hearing a woman laughing in the background," and Rogers looked over to the right, and he said, "Oh, that's the TV." Hmm. Was it was it really the TV, or was that Shailene Woodley, who supposedly they they had broken off their engagement? But then he spoke so glowingly about her in the Instagram and then yesterday. Who knows? He's a jokester. I, I assume he has done this thing. But, I mean, how many human beings would put themselves through that?
4: I do not know. Dan, all I know is it's going to be always entertaining for you Ross, uh, up there. Dude. Yeah, I might try, Dan. Who knows? Uh, follow him on Twitter at Dneedles12. Of course, the sports director at ABC12 in Milwaukee. Dan, appreciate the time and the information. Avoid that cleanse, my friend. Thanks, guys. All right. When we come back, we're going to have some in-pocket plays that we have as we wrap up Follow the Money right here on VEASAN, the sports betting network.
1: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other.
4: To determine the winner of any given college basketball game. Someone gives you ten thousand to one on
1: anything. You take it. Take it. Take it. I bet you twenty bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. Nope. Five to one. Nope. Ten to one. You're on. Right.
4: It is time for our in pocket plays on a Wednesday. And Matt, I know you've got some in college basketball. And yeah. then we both have a little bit in the golf.
2: Hopefully, these will be winners. I've been a little bit of a slump in college hoops here for the past. I've lost three of the past four days. So, got to get back on the winning track. All right. Uh, let's go with uh, the Big East. We're going to play Xavier as a two point dog at Providence. Talked about um, Friars kind of playing with fire recently, a couple of overtime games. A one-point win at Butler. They had to go overtime against DePaul. 0-5 ATS in their last five at home. Al Durham, the guard's been injured with a hernia. I think he's doubtful to play. I'm going to bet on Paul Scruggs and the Musketeers in a revenge role here. They lost the first meeting 65-62 as an eight-point favorite in Cincinnati in late January. And um, I think Xavier is the side here. I'm reading the betting line, which is 2 one and a half, two. 2 um, it looks to me like Xavier is going to be the sharp side in this game. So we're taking X plus two. And Rutgers, I played last night, plus five and a half. And a lot of times I like to buy on bad news. And sometimes you'll see a one-game surge by a team after you have a controversy or a star goes down or things like that. And maybe that's going to be the situation with Michigan. You know, the, the crowd could be fired up to support the team. Uh, Juwan Howard's got the five-game suspension. To me, that's not really a negative Michigan in this situation because I think the team is gonna to try to rally around uh, Phil Martelli. I thought one of the smartest things Juwan Howard did was hire wow. Phil Martelli as his top assistant. Uh, from this is a guy who won a lot of games Saint in St. Joe's, Joe's he's a great coach. He's a great coach and I think the the crowd's gonna be behind this team. So I don't really think the Howard is negative here. But I handicap it though, Musa Diabate. Uh, The big freshman big man who's a shot blocker, rebounder, can score in the paint. Terrence Williams is also going to be a – got two, especially Diabate, a key player suspended. Williams a backup. This Rutgers team just knocked off four straight ranked opponents before uh, losing at Purdue on the weekend. Uh, Rutgers has covered five of the past six. Ron Harper Jr., Gio Baker combined for 47 points. The first time Rutgers beat Michigan Mm – uh, I took the five and a half with the Scarlet Knights, so a couple of dogs, one in the Big East, one in the Big Ten, and uh, golf plays for the Honda. Brooks Kepka, the Bond Bomber. We're going 22 to 1 on Kepka right here at Circa. Keith Mitchell, former Georgia Bulldog, uh, won this tournament in 2019 at 300 to 1 odds. We're only getting 30 to 1 this time. But Keith Mitchell's got uh, five top 15s in his last eight starts. He's got course and current form going for him. Aaron Wise, a former Oregon Duck, uh, top 15 last year in this tournament. He was the outright leader after the second round after going 64-64. A 25-year-old who lives in Vegas, probably out by you, Dave, in your neighborhood. Woo! He probably plays golf with Tyler Fulgham out there in the same course, <laughs> probably a member. TBC Southern. Southern uh, uh, Mackenzie Hughes, another common pick with uh, Jeff Seeley, who was on with us today. Jeff and I both like Kepka and Hughes. The Canadian has uh, played well in four of his five starts here. He's got a good short game, which is important. Uh, very important on this course, he finished second in 2020. He's at 50 to one. So Kepka 22, Mitchell 30, Wise 45, and Hughes 50. And uh, we'll try to keep the golf roll go- going. What do you have today?
4: Well, again, I will be playing Aaron Wise. I've not played it yet. By the way, I like Xavier. I would love them. That they David West and Romaine Sato out there. <laughs> look. Yeah. look, I told you about Phil, and that was by the way 100 to one. That's not 10 to one. No, it's 100 to one. Uh, But here's the deal with Phil. I I made that that play well before the Saudi Golf League situation to win at at Augusta. And it was just a sentimental play. But actually, before I knew of all these issues going on in his brain, I actually thought he would be a viable player there this year coming off as the defending PGA champion. I mean, he still is a major defending major champion right now. Well, he knows we Augusta, talk. and he knows Augusta. He's he, a few, he can
2: play Augusta. We need to there. clarify your play there on the screen because it says ten to one. Yeah, it's hundred to one. I think your actual play is hundred to one at Augusta.
4: Correct. Right? Correct. Correct, Becky. He's not playing this week at the Bear Trap and the Masters. Again, it is for Brooks Kepka at twenty-two to one. Same number that you get this week. Down there at the Bear Trap. And I don't know. I, I like Brooksy this week. I don't love him. I love him at Augusta because we just know he's a different cat when you get to major championships. He
2: puts well on Bermuda Greens, yes. as Jeff Seeley pointed out. And this is a considerably weaker field this week than it is at the Masters. That's why I think 22 to one's value in him this week. Yeah. So you think it's kind of like that Larry Bird three-point competition where he's like, which one of you guys coming in second?
4: That's the way Brooksy kind of. You know, Bon Brooksie, the Bon Bombers. You say that's he's that swashbuckler, right? He likes to go in there, look at the guys in the locker room, and go, "Which one of you guys is coming in second?
2: He didn't tie. Well, he tied for second here in this tournament in 2019. That was to Keith Mitchell.
4: So let's. I, I, I do think that yeah. we're going to start to see the best of Brooks Kepka again in the coming weeks, and possibly even this week. I am going to be on Aaron Wise. Have not made that play yet. It's not in pocket yet, but I will be taking that play as well. And I do also try to find one or two other long shots that I like. And really, the only other guy that I kind of like when I look uh, quickly at the boards is uh, Lee. And I believe you can get Lee at about 45 to one is what I'm seeing here. So there are some longer shots that I'll probably be be taking by, by the time we come on the air. This time tomorrow. Okay. Uh, let's get back to college basketball. We mentioned uh, we'll get to that in one second because in pocket is presented by BetMGM and excuse me, by Bet rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Check out all their daily specials. Posted afternoon Eastern at BetRivers.com to get those in pocket plays. UConn had a, a great for some comeback win yesterday against Villanova in a game mm-hmm. that looked like they were not going to win in regulation. Not only do they right. win in regulation, they get it some places a cover, at other places a push by winning by two against Villanova. Yeah, late. that
2: number was one and a half or two, if um, and that was UConn as a home favorite, one and a half or two, and it's kind of strange how the game landed on two.
4: And the officiating really took center stage. I think you can make the case both ways. In the first half, if you're a UConn backer, you're going, my goodness, you're teeing up my coach every other second. What's going on here? If you missed it. Dan Hurley got rung up for a Mm tee. After getting run up, he then motioned to his bench and the crowd to get up. And by doing this, as I'm doing now, that got him run from the game. Tossed. So he'd watch the rest of the game, we assume, in the locker room. Here's what Hurley had to say about said ejection.
0: I mean... You know, it's happened to me before. Mm -hmm. Is this on? It's it's happened to me before. So I knew how to handle it. (laughs) (laughs) I know how to walk out, Uh, unfortunately (laughs) for me. I I just, I I was obviously, I was in shock, um, you know, just because of the two situations. You know, occasionally when when guys miss, uh, you know, shots at the rim, I think Tyrese had missed a a finish in the paint. I turned and kind of hit the scorer's table. Then it was about a five or a six-second delay, and then I got a technical foul, I guess for hitting the scores table, you know. And then I felt like Gillespie was getting close to, you know, shooting free throws, technical free throws. I then turned to get the crowd loud while he was shooting technical, and they threw me out. So, I mean, I, obviously I, it was surreal. I was stunned. Um, by it,
4: but. It, it was surreal. He was stunned. It, we got to figure out which mic to use there, coach. Is this a problem? Because I saw a lot of okay. You know how social media is, Twitter. That officiating in college basketball, we talk about it in the NFL each and every week. I mean, you're trying to handicap that game, and then the charge block call at the end of the game? Oh, my goodness. Like, to me, there's no way that's a charge. So if you had Villanova, you're going, you hosed me there. Did it all even out in the end?
2: I don't know about that. It's kind of like in sports betting where you take some bad beats and you say, well, it should even out in the end. You don't know if it really does or not. Uh, I thought it was an officiating fiasco last night, but there were bad calls both ways. If you're a Villanova fan, you probably feel like you got screwed. If you're a UConn fan, you probably feel the same way. But it was uh, just an an interesting game from a a point spread perspective because UConn trailed by three in the final minute, was a a one-and-a-half or two-point favorite, and ended up winning the game by two after all the hijinks.
4: You know, Villanova, by the way, is 22-1 to to cut down the nets. UConn is 100-1. to I know that we've had some people on our show that have talked about this, that UConn, as a sleeper, dark horse. I'm not sure
2: I'm going to buy into that.
4: You don't think so? Uh, Villanova with the guard playing Gillespie. That
2: that team. Colin Gillespie is the type of guy that gives Villanova a legit shot to get to a Final Four. I, I think UConn can win a game, maybe two with the right matchup, but I wouldn't go as far as, say, Oh, yeah, fire on that 100-to-1. I look for long shots all the time. Uh, I just think the the top 15, you know, when we were talking about the, the Ken Palm mm-hmm. ratings or my ratings, I think uh, your final four teams are probably going to come from that group of uh, that top 15 or 16 we had in the ratings. And I, I don't have UConn in that group right now.
4: Yeah, 22-to-1. Uh, certainly, you would think for Villanova because of the guard play. I don't know if that, that old truism, if it's still true, Guards win in March. Oh, normally, uh, normally, it does. I think that's true. Yes. See, that is a truism. Matt, a lot of fun as always. We'll uh, be back tomorrow. We will be back tomorrow, and we got uh, Mitch and Paulie. will be back on Monday. Come on, back. Veasan's got you covered all afternoon, evening long, right here. It is the Sports
1: Betting Network. Take the. V- take the. V- take the. V-